Every doctor has a minimum of 19 years of education, $189,000 spent to procure it. Most doctors work on average 12 hours a day and 59.6 hours per week. A hospitalist walks five miles a day. They will see between 40,000 and 250,000 patients in their career, spending 5.9 hours documenting their visits. So needless to say, doctors are tired. These are their stories. Welcome to Tired Doctors Talking, a podcast with lovely ladies, Marguerite and Monique, two medical doctors with melanin, discussing morbidity and mortality monthly-ish, maybe. Monthly-ish. I like how ish has become the definition of my life, Marguerite. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Yes, welcome, Monique. How are you doing? I'm good-ish. Okay. No, that's fine. That's not true. I'm fine. I'm doing well today. How about yourself? I am definitively tired, but I am still, you know, as as Alas Morissette said, I am tired and but working, yeah. That's true. I like that. I like anyone who quotes people from the nineties <laughs> who understood my teenage angst. Mm-hmm. So if you can quote Alanis Morissette, basically any song, I enjoy you. So yeah, I I sadly probably know all of Jagged Little Pill by heart. Just all, about. That's not sad. That's not sad. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, thank thank you for 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 okay. pointing out my perfection. People people don't appreciate '90s angst the way they should. All right, so. Also, if you can quote Shadow Boxer. Oh, Shadow Boxer. Yeah, now I'm bringing back all of the teenager. um, I'm upset for no reason, but I'm pretty sure that this is. (laughs) How about about just the fact I hate the world today? Mm. I know you love me, but you know that I can't change. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did. I was I was all that was me in the 90s. That was that was all me. So, um, and they were very empowering women. Yes, very much so. Lilith Fair is that? That's what I was saying. Lilith, no, Lilith Fair stopped doing a thing. I think in the nineties. I think like ninety nine might have been the last year of Lilith Fair. Oh, really? That's sad. No, Lilith Fair was amazing, and I wish we had a similar venue for like just gathering wonderful female artists together to do their thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't think people respect Lilith. Mm-mm. The way they did back in 94. Nope. You know. Yeah, it was summer 1997 to 99. And then they tried to revive it in 2010. Mm. They leave my girl Sarah McLaughlin out. Is that what happened? And then everyone was like, no, I don't want to go. Wow. The main stage looked amer- amazing. No, Sarah McLaughlin was still on it, as was Sarah Bareilles. Mary J was on it. They had the Bengals. They had Erica on it. They had Janelle Monet on it. Wow, what happened? That sounds like it should have uh, taken off. That sounded amazing. Actually, you know something? I've never been to one of these like festival concerts, or concert festivals. You know, neither have I. 
like to be fair i haven't been to that many concerts though like the the most concert i went to was um atlanta in the summer their summer festival series i just saw um erica badu no 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 i'm i'm turning my husband teases me that i i'm turning it to like a snl mom (laughs) <laughs> where I like don't remember anything, but I make up the word, the name of everybody. Corinne uh-huh. Bailey Ray. Oh, I love her. A little, a little, and that was really, really good. She yeah, was a, it was a smaller venue. I've done a few smaller venues. Um. Okay, I'll tell. Uh, instead of, instead of my um win- weekly win, I will tell you a funny concert story. Okay. Maybe we'll do that. So I. Um, and anyone who knows me knows this, and still, it will always be a boys to men. Yes, yes, you boys are. Boys to men are the greatest boy band ever. ABC, BBC. I, I will, I will fight people who say differently. Don't talk bad about Wanye and Bam. Wanye <laughs> 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 <Wanye> and Bam <laughs> were my hearts. Just love, pure love as a teenager. Hands down, biggest boys to men fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, in med school, um, was very informally seeing a, a guy who knew this. Mm-hmm. And he took me to a boys to men concert. Now, I love my boys, but they can't really sell out now the right. way that they used to. And Michael doesn't tour with them, so it's a whole different oh. vibe. Yeah. Um, Michael doesn't tour anymore. Hmm. Uh, totally different vibe. I didn't get to see them when I was much younger. So this was my first time ever getting to see Boys to Men. So I was like, oh my goodness, I am so, I'm mm, going to see Boys to Men. I have to do this right. So I went and got myself all dressed, right? Got some nice mm-hmm. jeans on, this nice black halter top with this leather jacket to go over it and some stilettos because I'm going to see Boys to Men. Mm-hmm. And my date, was a man of God. Oh. I was dating a man of a cloth at the time. Okay. So I show up at the door looking like... <laughs> like a piece? Looking like a piece. And his eyes were like, oh my goodness. <laughs> this poor man. <laughs> we go to this small like venue in Long Beach. And I mean... Women were acting in full wigs and ponytails oh were snatched off and thrown onto the stage. Bras were being thrown onto the stage. There was there was a two drink minimum. My date, again, man of God, doesn't drink. Um, but they let his? us. No, they. I I only had my two drinks, but they did. They did let us have the table if you ordered like soft drinks. Hmm. Um, and I mean, this poor man, by the time we left, was like, does this happen in every Boys to Men show? <laughs> <laughs> and I had never been to a Boys to Men show because I attempted to go to a concert when I was in high school and my mother wouldn't let me go. Um, it was it was in Madison Square Garden. My mom was like, no, I know what happens at concerts. I remember what happened when the Beatles went to town. People oh, got Lord. trampled. <laughs> 
So I wasn't allowed to go. So this is my very first time ever seeing mm-hmm. it. But I was like, I was like, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is what happens at a boys' Probably. Yeah, that sounds very standard. So we drove we drove home in silence. Oh, we God. drove home in silence. I did not marry said man of the cloth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think he learned a lot about about me. <laughs> about you. And boys to men. Yes, he was like, "Is is that what you're wearing?" And I was like, "Oh, was that was that wrong?" Because <laughs> I was gonna see one in them. <laughs> right, right. That seems totally appropriate. No, so I mean, I had a good time. I was about to say we. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a good time. <laughs> he may not have. He may have had a little concerns and needs some pastoral counseling afterwards. <laughs> there may be a reason I'm not a pastor's wife. Right. Multiple reasons, but I'm pretty sure the the concert set certain expectations. It was a big one. <laughs> so that was my funny concert story, and evidently a little bit about my dating history. Now our listeners know that I once dated, dated a man with a cloth. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't feel like I have because I haven't been to that many concerts. You know, I think like. The concert I remember the most was when I tell you know there was that summer series, and in that summer series there was John Mayer, mm-hmm. who you and I remember as that dude who used to play at the coffee shop freshman year. Yeah, I know everybody. I remember when he blew up, and I was like, "That boy, the dude at the coffee shop." Oh, really? Well, that's nice. I was like, I just wanted that dude to stop playing so yeah. I could study. I was like, that's nice. That's good. I was like, maybe I should have tried to date him while I, if if I had known. And then I realized how problematic he was. I'm like, well, no, yeah. that wouldn't have worked at all. But yeah. Huh. yeah. Yeah. But I remember at that the last concert of that summer was Alanis Morissette. And you know, my my useless alpha power is the fact that I absorb music. And she sat down on the piano and played ding, ding, ding. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> and literally everyone else is silent because no one else knows what song it is. Uh-huh. I knew it was un- uninvited from the first three notes. And then like, I'm like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I screamed prematurely. Maybe I just don't. And so then like four or five, six measures in, everyone everyone catches up to me. And I was like, no, see, I knew I was right. (laughs) I knew I was right. And I remember convincing people to see that, to see Alanis with us by getting in touch with their angry, angsty teenage girl inside of them. That's how we got the guys to go to this concert. It's like just just get in touch with that angsty that angsty girl inside of you, that angsty think teenage about, girl. Think about flannel. Mm. Wrap your body and soul in flannel, and it, lean into the '90s angst. Oh gosh, it was the '90s. And you think back, I'm like, did we have? I feel like I have way more to be angsty about now, but it seemed very crucial in the '90s. I think that's like I think it's a teenage thing. True. Teenage thing. You're you're figuring out the world and your place in it and and relationships. Have you read the Harry Potter books? No. I okay. Haven't. Well, I had a recent 
realization um, about Harry Potter book five. I've been listening to um, the Harry Potter is a sacred text podcast. And I really hate the fifth book because he's 15 and he's mostly like angsty teenage boy annoying. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that this kid just got through a experience with a guy who killed his parents and then just killed one of his fellow classmates and just almost killed him. And maybe he's not so much a teenage angst, but actually is suffering from PTSD. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, then maybe I shouldn't be so hard on, on poor Harry. Surviving multiple murder attempts. <laughs> maybe. Tends to weigh on the soul. Maybe, maybe this caused a little, little bit of a, little bit of issue. So, so yes, I, 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 I forgive. I, I understand more why Harry sounded so annoying in book five. Yeah. No, I, I, I will admit, I've watched them all. I haven't read them all, and I'm not, I'm not a big um, reader of fantasy or fiction. But I told you, I told you about. That book, didn't I? You of um, <gasps> Children of Blood and Bone. Oh my goodness, it was so good, so good. Oh, so good. And there's a part in the middle though where I was like, mm, "If this doesn't get better, I'm about really? to start texting people." <laughs> Did you well, listen you to it? Yeah, I listened to it. That narrator. It's excellent. She, she did, and and um, I I I don't read read as much as i used to anymore like mm -hmm. what i read is all work thing and medical things so right i do listen to a lot more books um and she's she's very very good very very good well so. you know it got to that part where you know she couldn't s s smell the sea anymore and i was like mm, mm, if, if if this is the way this is gonna go down oh, i'm gonna have to start angry texting people like why do you make me listen to this book <laughs> fall in I love with these it. characters from the beginning to the end it was you know there's gonna be a sequel yes there is um there's also a lot of fan art out there Ooh. i'd say take a look into it imagining mm -hmm. what Vele um yeah. looks like through her transition mm. i thought of, i thought it was really really and i i'm sorry if there are anybody who's listening who this is spoilers for um but I thought it was very poignant that her hair became more kinky as her yeah. powers grew. Yeah. yeah. You know, as someone mm -hmm. who's always had big ass hair mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, to see her. And, and there's like a long history in writing and, you know, starting biblically with your hair being tied to your, your strength. Mm -hmm. um, I, I thought that was just beautiful. There's a lot of, really wonderful fan art imagining these yeah. characters um supposedly she also sold the movie rights really yeah yeah um mm, which i'm very be very very interested to see how that's i mean to the screen because i as, think it's a lot of a lot to do and it could easily be done wrong as long as ava duvernay does it i'm okay anyone else i think will fail so yeah i don't, I don't know i think it's i think it's there's a lot, particularly with all of their powers, mm -hmm. like the mm -hmm. uh, the young peep fire yeah. people. Like yeah. there's a lot that like you could make cartoonish, and these right. are not characters cartoon. You know, I don't want to. You saw what happened with Avatar: The Last Airbender. That was yeah, I that was see. a tragedy. Mario type 
fireballs coming no. out of people's hands. So, so yeah, that's fun. So you spoke of hair, which probably links to my my weekly loss, which is I I have some I've I've started trying to go through like some kind of scalp rinse hair cleansing ritual every week um and having like more of a deep cleanse every two weeks and this would be the week to do that deep cleanse and i i do not have it in me i do not it no matter what way products type there is no way i have done my hair in the last four years where it's taken less than six hours in two days okay question yes are you bathed um i bathed last night is your child bathed she bathed today yeah she just got a bath right now you are winning (laughs) (laughs) you you are winning. notice i didn't ask about the husband that's his choice right (laughs) you basic hygiene has been addressed and the child's basic hygiene has been addressed you are winning yeah yeah no it is it it is a feat. And next week I'm going to a woman in town who I've not gone to before. So that'll be an adventure. But I just I did not have it in me. And I I wish I did. So that is my weekly loss. Not what is your weekly loss? My, um hmm. I've actually had a pretty decent week. Um but my weekly loss, I would say, is kind of back when you all first met me. Mm-hmm. My discharge summaries are up again. Mm. <laughs> and I've I've been off. I was telling you earlier that this has been my weekend. This is my mm-hmm. Sunday. And, like, I left and I was like, I'm going to do these things. And then I haven't. I just haven't had the, like, mental energy and space to sit down in my home Mm-hmm. Um, and go through those. So I know I'm going to spend the few, next few days because I have to have to get them done before I head to see the folks this weekend. Mm-hmm. So those have to be wrapped up. Yeah, I'm I'm in hospital this weekend, so you know we will see what happens. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. I think I don't think people um, kind of realize, which I think is a good segue into what we're talking about mm-hmm. so um we are going to be talking the next few uh, episodes about mindfulness and what does that mean what does that mean to us as physicians and the spaces that we practice in and mm-hmm. the tools each of those spaces um and the expectation of you can take mm-hmm. so mindfulness um I'm going to lean really heavily on you for this. Um, yeah. Because I'm, I'm learning about mindfulness, um, something that I'd like to practice more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what is mindfulness, Dr. Shikhar? So mindfulness is literally the idea of bringing your attention to what is happening right now. So being in the present, as people would see, or being in the moment um, is what people often would say in theater. 
is that you don't want to be thinking about the next scene to come. You don't want to think about what you just said or if you flubbed a line. You want to be in the moment that is happening right now, which um, interestingly enough, I do way better when I'm on stage than I do in real life. Um, so there's lots of different ways that this can happen. Um, this is often done in meditation is the one that people classically think of um, where you're sitting and you're sitting in silence and you're letting thoughts pass through your mind, but you're not harping on any one thought. You're just letting things pass. To be on record, I am not a good meditator. I am not very good. Um, yoga is another form of mindfulness, where is mind body working together. But often you are in that moment of breathing with the body and whatever that moment whatever that um, hold is, whatever that form is. Um, just there are breathing techniques that are, we consider mindfulness um, where, you know, the idea of breathing and focusing on the breath and that breath in that moment. Um, so all of these are grounding is another technique that you can do the idea of where is your body in space at this moment, which is kind of like a precursor to, you know, doing things like yoga. So there are lots of different types of mindfulness to employ. Um, and the thing that we know is that when people are mindful, um, it is helpful in every part of the body. Yeah. So it lowers your cortisol so your stress hormone is decreased. Um, it literally helps your muscles relax. It's useful for every, I mean, it sounds silly, but it is actually useful for just about every ailment from mm -hmm. anxiety, depression, to literal physical ailments like, you know, muscle fatigue, arthritis. Like it's useful for all of the things. So I started... I would say residency um, was when I started to get into the practice of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. um, I started realizing it was my ICU rotations, um, though I loved intensive care. I loved critical mm -hmm. care medicine, um, and the it's more the, it was the pace of it, the pathologies that I was seeing. Um, I in general, I in general enjoyed enjoyed residency a lot i don't know what that you know people think it's some kind of horrific experience i thoroughly enjoyed residency mm -hmm. um but i dropped seven pounds mm. every time i was in the unit mm. every four weeks that i had to spend in the unit i would lose seven pounds which is great for your wow. skinny jeans you know but well, that doesn't it, sound it, healthy it isn't it dawned on me I was like, there's something going on here um, that's past just the normal because the other residents seemed to be doing OK, which may not have been true, but they seemed to be doing mm -hmm. OK. Um, and I remember thinking like, OK, um, you're only this is only your second rotation. You're only uh, first year. You've got a lot more of these ICU months to do. Mm -hmm. How are you going to get through? And I noticed, well, when you're here, you're not sleeping. Okay. Why mm -hmm. am I not sleeping? And I would literally 
replay patients in my mind all the time. Mm. You know, how did that line go? Right. Is that the right dose of vancomycin? Mm. Should I have started this presser? What did I say in that family meeting? Mm-hmm. And then, okay, the next family meeting's coming up and this is, you know, and it, that, and I wasn't sleeping and, um, and I was like, okay. And then I noticed, oh, you're not really eating. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're drinking your calories. Um, hmm. All your calories seem to be in some form of can, like a V8 can, a soda can, something. Coffee. Um, you know, I still don't drink coffee. Oh, that's right. You don't. I don't. I just, and for our listeners out there, I think it tastes like burnt dirt. And everybody <laughs> does. People are just like, how do you not like coffee? It just, I don't like the flavor. That's just what it boils down to. <laughs> I, I love coffee. I just get migraines. So I only get coffee on weekends when I can relax. But I, I figured I have I had to do something different. And um and it's when I took up yoga in a more meaningful way. I, mm. I'm not a yogi in any way, shape, or form. And it's been a long time since I've done any yoga. But um I went to this place at this teacher and he used to say, um, when you take a deep breath, think of it like a massage pin rolling pin and roll that Mm -hmm. pin up your lungs and down your lungs and that imagery for some reason clicked with me Mm -hmm. and it's still an imagery that I use to help relax me bit by bit Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that's one way that I have practiced my mindfulness yeah I probably came into mindfulness through the back door because I started yoga at Emory with one of our modern dance teachers who taught us some basic yoga down dog, which I really needed as a foil because something made me think I wanted to take up ballet in my 20s. You remember taking ballet with me in, yes, at yes, Emory. I, I also started ballet in my 20s and one of us has natural gracefulness. The other one is me. so (laughs) i never made it past level one (laughs) and you know the teacher we had was more from the russian school and would often tell us to tuck tuck in tuck that one in tuck it in what you had for lunch was what her one of her favorite statements i tuck it what you had for lunch i'd be like but it was subway (laughs) (laughs) and I remember finally um, going to one of our modern dance teachers and being like, I am in all this terrible pain and I can't figure out why. And he was like, Oh honey, you have a butt. You can't tuck that in. You're just going to have it. And that is about the time I started moving to yoga as kind of a foil to ballet to help me maintain alignment in my my back and and in dance and then in peace corps um when i i had a back injury in peace corps uh, not from carrying water um much to what people would think um it actually was related to lifting my bike over fences repeatedly and Um, Yoga is really what saved my back when I was in Peace Corps, because when I got diagnosed and went through all this stuff in the Capitol, they were like, well, you know, 
doing your daily yoga is probably what's kept you from having worse injury than you have right now. So I was already regularly doing yoga twice a day. I did yoga. Um, I do, I still do yoga before all my um, board exams. I find a corner and just do a couple down dogs. Um, but where it switched from just being, you know, oh, this is my yoga and my yoga practice to being mindfulness was in residency for me as well. And that's when I added on doing a specific breathing practice. And one of our behavioral health um, faculty was like, look, you need to deep breathe and get focused and be prepared to walk into your patient's room. Mm -hmm. And you know what else you need to do is you need to clean your hands. So when you're outside the room doing your hand sanitizer, take that 30 seconds to take some deep grounding breaths, be in that moment so that when you put your hand on the door, you're in the moment and you're ready to see the patient. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Go in. Mm-hmm. And so that is something that I still do, you know, especially, you know, in a busy clinic day, just take that moment while I'm doing my hand sanitizer outside the door, you know, just brush off whatever patient I saw before, get in the moment and go. Um, so that's that's the breathing practice I do. And it was also much easier when I realized that there are all sorts of ways you can breathe, mm-hmm. but the, the basic is breathe out longer than you breathe in. That's it. Once I realized it was that simple, that made it much easier for me to actually do breathing practice as a part of like mindfulness and 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 you know, mental health well-being because you look at all those things it's like okay square breathing okay like never gonna do four corner breathing yeah i was never good at that just like it's like i don't know i can't but i do it's as long as it's a thing that works for you mm-hmm. you know um breathing out longer than you breathe in and for me that image i do i like close my eyes and i think of my lungs as just like an internal massager mm-hmm. up and down and it, it really um, that really helps me. You, do you know who I have started doing um, deep breathing with? Your kids? Number one. Nice. Kid number one. She's three. Mm-hmm. And that's the age of um, atomic meltdowns. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. Over everything. In my house, it's anything Paw Patrol related. Oh, no. Um, Paw Patrol. Yes. Paw Patrol. If we turn off Paw Patrol, if she doesn't get to watch Paw Patrol fast enough, if her sister has one of her Paw Patrol dogs, I'm sorry, pups, they're pups. Um, If the Paw Patrol shirt is dirty, if the Paw Patrol pajamas didn't go on fast enough, particularly anything around Paw Patrol. And um, I do, I I kind of picked it up on a mommy blog uh, Mm -hmm. about, you know, intervening in temper tantrums. And now I'm just like, okay, we'll take deep breaths together. And it works. Mm-hmm. It really works with her. It it kind of puts a break in the middle of what she's doing. And then she's able to stop and, you know, in three-year-old words, tell me the thing that's happening, mm-hmm. you know, and then we can, we can center around it. But I also found that it helps me to take a break from her meltdown too. Mm-hmm. So it was like three seconds that she and I are taking deep breaths together. I'm like, okay, 
I'm centering myself for, for the thing that's happening. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, it's it's made a big difference in my parenting. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. That, and it's really interesting. So one of the ways I've been trained was in called um, community resilience model. And in it, they do talk about kind of four big ways to, as I say, put your frontal lobe back on. Because when we are... Put your frontal lobe back on. Because when we are in all these situations, you know, our frontal lobe flips off. You know, we are all in amygdala in that brainstem Mm -hmm. area, which is perfect for fight, flight, or freeze. It's perfect for you know, making snap decisions and, and working off of those base instincts, but that's not any of your executive function. It's none right. of the executive function. So for and, our listeners, your, your frontal lobe in the, in your brain is where um, I had a teacher who, who would call it, you learn to be an adult, right? Mm-hmm. It's a thing. It's a part of your brain where you do future planning. Um, you weigh risks and benefits. Um, you put the brakes on. So when you're like, I should tell this person off. And then you actually say, sir, uh, I think we're having a disagreement. That's your frontal lobe that mm-hmm. allows you to, to kick all that in. The other parts of the brain that she was talking about are much more like primitive parts Literally. of the brain. Literally. They develop, first. they develop first and they, they are there to make sure that you survive. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why she said about fight or flight. It's it's all about like, I got to get out of here. And so you, then your frontal lobe would be like, but if you leave, you won't have a job. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so then so that's right. put your frontal lobe back on. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, and, you know, evolutionarily, it makes sense. So, you know, human beings who need to work with each other and 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 we have these wonderful big brains that we can utilize to make better and different decisions. So what we, so what I always think about is like, Hey, if I can do this 30 seconds of deep breathing, if that actually and breathing out longer than you breathe in hits those bear receptors, it starts cutting down on that cortisol and that stress hormone. It literally starts signaling to your body we are not in a fight, flight, or freeze mode. It is okay for that frontal load to come back on so that we can now evaluate the situation. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I use deep breathing there. The other place I really use deep breathing, and this is great for any folks who are younger in medicine, when you're listening to heart and lungs and you tell your patient to take a deep breath, you take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. That's another like easy built in place, unless they're stinky, stinky people. It happens, <laughs> you know, that that's the one time I do not take deep breaths. but often if I'm listening to hearts and lungs, I take a deep breath in because also, you know, it can be very easy to do a whole exam and then be like, what did I just hear? Mm-hmm. If you're not actually mindful, if you're not actually in that moment. Yeah. So you know, I, that's another easy built in place where I do it. But yeah, that is, that's kind of when I started doing more formally. And then the funnest mindfulness is coloring. <laughs> coloring yeah. has equal benefits to meditation. 
Does it? It does. Equal benefit. So it's- a, believe it or not, I'm a meditator. I am a meditator. Um, that's something else I kind of took up in residency through um, listening uh, to different like instructional videos and podcasts and stuff. And I always thought like in my head, I thought that if I got into meditating, that it would be like, um, you know, Tina Turner, her num ringing kill. So it would be like, you know, but um, what I found for me, it's, it really is just another break of quiet Mm -hmm. because I don't get a lot of quiet. Mm-hmm. I don't get a lot of the quiet in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sitting there meditating for like hours on end. If I'm having a pretty difficult day, um, I'll just go. I now have an office. Um, but before I had an office, and even still now, I'll, I'll go to the chapel. The chapel mm-hmm. tends to be empty in any hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and those people in the chapel tend not to want to engage in conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's just a quiet space that I can just have silence. I don't think that that I realized how much I craved silence mm-hmm. um, and until I, well, kind of recently <laughs> we get very I get very little silence anymore. So how did you start meditating? What was the how did you just begin? It was it started with the same thing in residency, mm-hmm. figuring out that. Even though, um, you know, I, I thought I was enjoying the experience, there were there were obvious signs that it was taking its toll on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, you know, I got into yoga. And then from mm-hmm. there, I was like, oh, maybe I can try this meditation thing. And, I, and it really was just like starting with a couple of YouTube videos mm-hmm. um, and just listening. And then... Um, I found on a Pandora channel, you know, you kind of put in like Anya. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And other like white noise type stuff. And um, I would just learn to just sit for a second. It's very hard to learn to turn your mind off mm-hmm. for a moment because it, there's always something to do. There's always something that needs your attention. Um, and so at first I would just sit silently and then be like, if I just sit here for a minute, like no one's folding my laundry or doing the 10,000 discharge summaries that I had to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I need to stop doing this, but, but yeah, just learning to sit and giving myself space. And um, I would put it on a timer, mm-hmm. kind of like an assignment like you're just going to sit here and be quiet and whatever happens in your head is happening. You have to be here for three minutes. You have to be here for five minutes, Um, which is hard. It's hard because then you feel like you have to get up and do something. You feel like, at least for me, I'm not accomplishing something. If I'm not being productive with every minute of my day, then I feel like I've changed that thankfully, but I used to feel like that I was some, you know, kind of, loser putting putting off things i need to be doing um but it's really a survival survival and now i have i've built that all into my days so there are times where i sit at my desk and i'm like i'm not writing a note unless it is really an emergency i'm not 
answering a page or anything for the next three minutes. Like I just need to just be silent and not be needed for three minutes of my day, Hmm. you know? Um, And I do, I build these mini breaks into my day. Um, That is, that is excellent. I, I have tried meditating many, many times and I don't do it well. I don't, I, for me, um, yoga, Tai Chi, um, those types of moving meditations work much better for me. Breathing practice works very well for me. Um, but the, 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 the focus of not focusing. <laughs> yeah. Is, is extraordinarily, extraordinarily difficult for me. I got the best I, I'm the best I got. And I'm going to be honest with this last with this pregnancy, all that preparation I did for for labor, with all the breathing practice and that kind of body and relaxation focus, um, especially with going to sleep, because I told you my sleep sucked. I had terrible, terrible sleep. Um, but I realized, and it was funny because after I delivered, I was like, and actually started sleeping a little bit more. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm fine. I'm just going to go back to listen to audiobooks. But I actually feel the quality of sleep I get is so much better if I do one of these, do a breathing practice or a guided meditation into sleep. Like, you know, a yoga nidra, which is specifically for sleep, or like, you know, a breathing um, sleep meditation with like affirmations built in later on. Like I, my sleep quality is much better, even if I still am only getting like, you know, the three to six hours that she allows me. So. <laughs> six. Wow. You had a good baby. Good baby. Uh, you know, we were getting six. And then like after this last growth spurt that stopped, I don't know why, but that that is no longer a thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, we're going to cover sleep in more depth mm-hmm. in a se- separate podcast. Yeah. Um, I I still, my daughter still thinks sleep is a punishment, and, which I'm like, why? Sleep is so great. Sleep is amazing. <laughs> sleep is amazing. Um, and uh, and I've, I've struggled with sleep in different phases of my life. Um, so I understand that idea of like good quality sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely like say there, there are nights where like in the morning when I wake up, I'm like, man, that sleep did its job. Mm-hmm. Right. You can feel the, the neurons are all happier. Yeah. There's you know? kicking, there's flashing. Yeah. yeah. You know, like you're like, yeah, my deep tissues are been rejuvenated. <laughs> and then there are mornings you wake up and you're like, did I sleep? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the quality. Well, that that yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, so I do want to share some of my favorite mindfulness meditation tools, et cetera. Um, so, um, you know, I live that app life. I believe in apps. I live that app life. Um, the one I literally use every day is called insight timer. Mm. It is a library of thousands upon thousands of different meditations. Okay. So it's 25,000 different meditations. And 
I like it because you can break it down to guided meditations, just music. If you need talks about something specific, um, there's one learning how to, there are set categories, but also you can literally type in like, oh, I'm having problems with work and like just type in work and it will give you like, oh, you know, here are things, master mindfulness at work, enhance your performance at work, work through suffering, you know, 10 days to happiness at work. Like it has all these different specific things, um, which I started using actually after the miscarriages and, you know, cause I put a miscarriage and it, it literally came up with like, how do you, you know, meditations for moms. And I was like going through miscarriages, you know, working through loss. Um, so I really like it. It, it, I use it on a daily basis. That's awesome. I just, um, I just got that app. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, I'm like, I'm going to have it because guided meditation for me, <clears throat> excuse me, like I said, when I started listening and to just some, <clears throat> excuse me again, mm-hmm. some uh, YouTube videos, that's very helpful as well. Yeah. Very, very helpful as well. And I don't know, maybe I'm just someone who needs to be told. <laughs> if, to, like, if I'm meditating, relax. It is with it is with guidance. Um, I have a coloring book that is on my phone called Lake. I like that. That's great. Get a free picture every day because I don't believe in paying for things. I don't. There, there is a for, for things on my phone like apps and stuff. No, I don't pay for that. I don't. I don't, pay I don't know. And I, you know, people are like, somebody took the time to develop it. I'm like, I, I know, but then they put it on my phone, which makes me feel like it should be free. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe that makes me a bad capitalist. I don't know. I know I'm a bad capitalist. But I like free apps. Being a socialist, I'm a bad capitalist. So right? <laughs> So the other app um, I like is called Stop, Breathe, and Think. It actually makes you do a check-in before and after. It leads you through a little meditation. And if you put in like um, what your how you're feeling physically and how you're feeling mentally um and describe it will actually suggest meditations to you which is great if it's kind of i use it in combination with the other one because the other one's like oh i know what i need to meditate i know i need to meditate on this and for days when you're like i don't know it's a day i just don't i don't know mm-hmm. i can't t- someone tell me what to do this one will just tell you what to do <laughs> um I also like it because it has a um, breathing timer on it where you can say, hey, I just need to breathe for one minute and it will literally take you through, you know, a calming breath, just breathing in and out, focusing even. And it can start at one minute. It can go up to 10 hours. I don't know who's breathing like that for 10 hours, but hey. Um, hey some people on that next rain and kill. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I can't think about that without thinking about that um, behind the music special with Ike. I haven't seen the behind <laughs> Lord. Oh my goodness. So they did. So in the like early 2000s, no, it's stupid. In the early 2000s, they did a behind the music with Tina Turner mm-hmm. and interviewed Ike for part of it. Why people do Okay. And it's ridiculous. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they just did it to show him how ridiculous this man is, because there were points in this where he's just like, you know, 
she started to, that that Buddhist thing that 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 she had the I'm not yum yum yum. You know, I just had to hit her. Oh my god! Exactly. I'm like That's so crazy. Did you just hear what you said, man? Anyway, yeah. Um, so what was so the anyway, name of that app again? Though? It's called Stop, Breathe, and Think. All right. And and the whole point of this app was actually to teach people how to meditate. Awesome. So um, those are the three ones that I use. I know lots of people will use like MindShift and and um, the the Calm app. They are, they exist and they get lots of pre- play, but those are not the ones I go to on a basis, regular daily basis. Um, honestly, it is Insight Timer, Stop breathe and think or um in my coloring books those are things i use on a daily basis i like i do like puzzles mm-hmm. um, that's another thing that i do for my mindfulness is like um new york time has this new one called tiles where it's like matching patterns mm-hmm. um and for me that's it's just basic enough to take this break and low state it has no timer you know, like anything with the, I have to like beat the clock. Then, oh, I the, hate those. Yeah, no, this it has no timer. It just you're just like, oh, there's a star. There's a star. That's a square. That's a square. Oh, this mm-hmm. is nice. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I like to take a break every so often and, and do that too. Um, something that I and we've been talking about our phones a lot, but something that I have recently started doing is uh, phone free days. Mm. where I take my phone and I put it someplace and, and it's hard to schedule a phone free day. Mm-hmm. I, I will admit this is extremely, extremely difficult. My last phone free day was on mother's day. Mm. Um, you know, I have to be off call as, right? a, <laughs> as an administrator. I have to not be seeing patients that day at all. Uh, if I'm going to go 20, 24 hours without a phone has to usually be kind of and then you you're try it and i will say that like first the anxiety of like someone's trying to reach me mm-hmm. and, and then after a while you're just like this is the thing that i'm doing but then at the end of the day you'll get your phone and people will legit think that you disappeared you fell off the face <laughs> of it like, like the text messages will go from like hey monique um you know i wanted to ask you about x y and z hey did you get, did it, and then, hey, are you okay? And then, then if they call you, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how you know someone's like, oh, she got taken. Um, and so then you end up spending a few days explaining to people that I had a phone-free day. But for me, I really wanted a phone-free day on Mother's Day. It was like, if I'm going to be here on Mother's Day, I want to be here. I didn't want to be right. answering Happy Mother's Day texts. For me, that mm. kind of was interrupting. Um, and so we we planted little um, potted plants for the front stoop. Mm-hmm. You know, we made brownies together. It was being in the moment. I really mm-hmm. wanted to spend Mother's Day in the moment. And then I spent four days apologizing to people and explaining to them, you know that I had a phone free day, but I, I would I would suggest that one. It's harder to do again, yeah. you know, to set the so, for others. In, 
in those cases, maybe setting up a, a beforehand or like an automatic, like, hey, by the way, you know, I am, you know, I will be off of this technology for 24 hours. Because I used to do that when I was most often when I was in public health school, I would take I would be off of all technology. I would just send out my, I would send out an email be like, hey, I will be off of all my technology for the next 24 hours. Yeah. That really helps. I was listening to the radio. There's this local radio show um, here in Boston. And today they were uh, called Jim and Marjorie, who I'm slightly obsessed with. And my husband thinks it's hilarious. But um, today they were talking about staycations. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, a few people called in and said that, that one of the biggest things that they do for their staycations is to log off of technology or um, just kind of go camping in their backyard. Um, and leave the cell phone in the house to create that effect of being away from everything. And that again, to, to unplug is kind of difficult. Um, but yeah, staycations, mm-hmm. staycations for me, as I've gotten older, I love, I love a staycation. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? You mean I get to be in my house all day? That's crazy. And I'm like, man, all the alcohol's already paid for. This is great. <laughs> you're, you see, you're still the cooler friend. Because I'm like, oh, I could finally put away all this laundry. <laughs> I only did get excited. My husband will be like, how was your day today? I'm like, babe, I put away all the laundry. And then I prepped a meal. This is crazy. No, but so the, I might, I've actually talked to... to um. Stefan about this a couple times. I'm like, especially being in medicine and having being making such like big decisions for other people on a regular daily basis. I get the greatest joy out of like laundry, like having easily accomplishable tasks that if they don't get done, eh, it's really not that big of a deal. But they're easy to do. And it's just, you know, the monotony of folding can be quite mm-hmm. delightful. Yeah, I, I enjoy. I don't enjoy laundry. But the thing I enjoy about it is when it's done, then mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's done. <laughs> like It's all put away. Like, I, I'm at the point in my life where, like, things don't get put away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, oh, I know. Because I don't, I'm like, I don't have time to put it away or... There are five baskets in my bedroom right now. Yeah, there's like, you know, and then like the, the kids don't, I'm trying to teach them. So like 18,000 times a day, I sing to like, clean up, clean up, everybody everywhere, clean yeah. up. You know, I sing the song, try and get them to clean up, but things don't get put away. So like something being in its place, mm-hmm. it's so satisfying that I'm like, oh, yes, look at those socks. They're all in there. <laughs> so so yeah, I the bar was so low. <laughs> bar so low, people. <laughs> it's not a small thing. I'm gonna say it's not a small thing. Um, so one thing I did want to do before um we move on to anything else, I just thought it would be fun if people are willing, because I do this often, is to lead us through a little grounding practice if that's yeah. something that you want to do. Let's go for it. You know, the great thing about this podcast, you only have to convince me and everybody else. <laughs> That's a deal. That's the, yeah, everyone else is like, well, I guess it's the thing we're doing because Monique obviously has bought into this. So, yes. So um, 
if people are in a place where they are comfortable, um, I hope if anyone is driving, you know, I want you to keep your eyes open and on the road. Um, but otherwise, if you want to let your eyes drift to closed or half mass, wherever you're comfortable, that's fine. You know, and honestly, you start by just feeling your feet and feel where they are in space right now. And just kind of notice what kind of sensations on your feet. If they're on a hard surface, if they're on a soft surface, if they're in shoes or, you know, are you barefoot? Just kind of notice where your feet are in space and what, what textures they are. If they're cold or they're warm and just take a moment to just, just notice where they are. And now just moving up, just feel your feet supported by the ground and the floor and then your calves that are supported by your feet. Now just notice if there's anything to your calves. Are they exposed to the air? Are they warm and snug in some pants? Is there any air blowing on them? Yeah. Are they pulsating? Did you just come back from a walk or, you know, or you know, did you just sit down? Just notice if you feel any sensations in the calves that are supported by your feet. Moving upwards, you can feel your thighs. You know, and if you're sitting down, you can feel that your thigh is supported by the seat. You know, just above your calves. You know, is the seat you're sitting on hard? Is it soft? You know, are you feeling a little spread? Are you laying down flat? Are you just feeling the support of the bed or the floor beneath you? Just kind of notice where they are in space. You know, and how... Ultimately, your thighs are supported by your calves and your feet and the ground underneath you. Coming up to through your back and your spine. You know, feel the, the length in your spine and how it's supported by your seat and, and your hips. You know, notice how your spine is kind of a centering point of your body and how it's supported by the rest of your legs and feet and how from your back you have opposite of that your your abdomen you know the muscles within the abdomen they strung they stretch side to side up and down they really do provide your body all the strength so just notice what sensations you have you know between your back and your abdomen and this really center of support for your body as it's supported by your, your hips and your thighs, and your shins, and your calves and your feet and how they're all supported by the earth. Now notice where your arms are in space. Are they resting on your thighs? Are they resting on a table? You know, feel where your hands are you know, supported by your arms. Do your hands feel warm? Are they cool? Do they feel expansive? Do they feel tight? Just notice 
sensations in your hands and where they are in space, supported by your arms, supported by your spine, supported by your thighs, supported by your shins and your calves and the feet and the ground beneath you. Notice your chest. Notice your breath as it expands with each breath you take in and how it contracts with as you breathe out. Just notice your breathing and how your lungs are such a great point of support for your entire body. Bringing in air and oxygen that needs to run all the different systems of the body. So just feel the expanse in your breathing, the expanse in your lungs, and how they are also in this great area of the trunk and the torso, which provides so much support for the body. And is the air you're breathing cool? Do you notice any vibrations in the chest? You know, some people say they feel butterflies in their chest. Just notice what sensations you have there. And feel your, your chest supported by your spine, by your legs, by your feet. Coming up to your neck. Now your neck supports the head. Is another one of these centers of great support. So just notice, you know, where your neck is in space. Is there any discomfort in the neck? Is there... Any notice that your neck is moving easily or is it a little more difficult? Just notice sensations in your neck and how it supports the head. And the neck is supported by the shoulders and the spine, the torso, and the legs. And now we're all supported by the earth, the ground beneath us. Lastly, just notice your head and your face, and the muscles of your face. If there's any part of your face that feels constricted or feels tight, just notice that. Try to take some good breaths and maybe think about those breaths going into those areas of constriction. Especially look at that feel or sense into that point between the eyebrows is a place where a lot of people will carry some stress and some tension and that point between the eyebrows and just try to let that relax just feel your head your forehead just supported by the neck and the shoulders and the spine your hips, your thighs, and your calves, and ultimately the ground beneath you. Try to take a few more deep breaths and just notice where your body is in space, the sensations, and just notice if there's any difference between the way you feel now in your body in space compared to when we started. that's it.
Okay. I say we end on this peaceful note. All right. Till next time. Till next time. Everyone have a wonderful day. <laughs>